Hey, Survivor fans, let's talk about a snack that would take that island by storm. Wonderful pistachios. Wonderful pistachios are the undisputed champions of proteins. They pack a punch, boasting six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. That's over 10% of your daily value. Talk about a powerhouse snack. And let's not forget the lineup. We're talking flavors galore. Sweet chili, salt and pepper, honey roasted. Wonderful pistachios is like a flavor festival for your taste buds. Perfect for tribal gatherings or on-the-go adventures. The no-shells option is a game changer. Just grab and go. It's that easy. So Survivor Squad, if you want to outwit, outplay, outsnack the competition, make Wonderful Pistachios your go-to snack. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Survivor fans know there's nothing more important than a tribe you can trust, and the hunt for the perfect hire can be as tough as winning an immunity challenge. But what if you could just skip the search and just match? Enter Indeed, the ultimate hiring partner. With over 350 million monthly visitors worldwide, according to Indeed data, Indeed is more than a job site. It's your personalized hiring platform. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, connecting you with candidates at the speed you need. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches. Indeed is your compass in the hiring jungle. It's a matching engine, not just for hiring, but effortlessly assembling your dream team. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences, leveraging over 140 million qualifications daily. The more you use it, the sharper it gets. Join three and a half million businesses worldwide that trust Indeed for fast quality hires. Listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Survivor. Go to Indeed.com slash Survivor now. Support our show by mentioning you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Survivor. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. I'm Jeff Brooks, the host and showrunner of Survivor. Each week, I'm joined by Jay Wolf, Survivor fan and the producer of this podcast. Hello, Jay. Hey, what's going on? As well as former Survivor player from season 38, The Edge of Extinction, Rick Devins. What's up, Jeff? Each week, we dissect the big moments of the most recent episode of Survivor, and we bring you insight from the point of view of the fan, the player, and the producer. All right, let's get into it. Episode 11, Survivor 45. Which player do you want to highlight this week, Rick? I want to highlight Julie, because we've seen Mama Mm. Julie for a while now, emotional that she had to get rid of Kelly and Kendra. And then, as if Austin were a werewolf that bit her, She has now turned into a (laughs) werewolf, and we see this savage out there. Um, And I just love the evolution. So I want to talk a little bit about that. How about you, Jay? You know, for me, Jeff, and maybe on fire listeners from season one saw this coming, but there's a showman. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, I couldn't look away. And then it obviously affected the whole episode. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, well, and you know, when you see romance on Survivor, you know there's something to it, at least the foundation for the attraction, because it's not like you look or smell your best. Mm -hmm. There's no, (laughs) you know, fancy dinner or some exciting club, or we're even going to have a cocktail to heighten things. This is based on seeing somebody often in their most vulnerable state and someone who is ultimately your competition, that you're going to have to face off against each other. So if there's still a spark after all that, yeah, might be worth pursuing. All right, let's get into the big moments from episode 11. Jay, what stood out? All right, well, let's start with the post-tribal moment. 
And we asked this question at the end of last episode, is Emily going to get the credit right. for this Bruce keeping the idol in his mm-hmm. pocket? And if so, what happens then? That was a it, weird... That was uh, so shocking. Yeah, that was shocking. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> So, yeah, basically, he was like, I have you, Jake, Katora, and Jewel. And I, had, I was just like, you don't have Julie. Jewel's playing. Wow. wow. I said she's playing you like Kelly did. Oh! Go back and watch this clip again, because when you do, you will see Emily's face go from a smile to immediately Mm. covering her Mm. mouth, realizing, oh, no, perhaps this was too far. Well, when Julie said, oh, Emily, you're such a strong player, (laughs) that is that is some subtext going on there. That's a warning signal to every other player. Right. Exactly. So. Jeff, how do you get credit for something and not put a target on your back? Well, I love when you give me a chance to answer a question that you know I have no idea because I've never played. But <laughs> Well, you've seen it a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So from the outside, what I see is the central dilemma because it is one of the most critical parts of the game. You cannot win if you're not playing. But the minute others see you playing, they want to take you out. And we designed the game specifically with this intention to make it as difficult as possible to win. So there is absolutely no easy path to victory. You saw it with Caleb. You saw it with Kelly. There's no hiding. And now because of her big takedown of Bruce, Emily is facing the same issue. All right, Jeff. Well, since you're obviously the self-proclaimed expert, how do you best approach playing this moment? (laughs) Okay, I'll finish up my take and then Devins will tell us the truth. Here's (laughs) what I would say. You know that uncertainty reigns supreme and you know that you must play to have a shot at winning. So you have to accept the game is fraught. So the only thing you can do regarding the uncertainty is accept it. Stay loose, know it's coming, and adapt accordingly to the ever-changing situation. Then when it comes to becoming a target, anticipate it's going to happen. That means you're in the game and lean Mm. into it. It means you're playing well. It means you have a shot to win. It also means that you, like 95% of all players, will probably lose. Mm. And that frees you up to play to win. It's counterintuitive, but I think it's the only way to play. Devin's? Well, I think philosophically, yeah, you got to do something. You don't want to get to final tribal and have never been a target. That's great, but you were never a target because you didn't do anything. So I think if you play a hidden immunity idol, everybody sees it. Everyone knows it's your move. Yes, it makes you a bigger threat. This is the equivalent of that. Emily's making a splash. She needs people to know it. She needs word to get to the jury. Because if they don't know now, that's a hard sell to make it final tribal. Hey, I had a big influence on this move three or four players ago. They don't even remember what happened. Mm. So it's a, it's, it's a calculated move to let the cat out of the bag. But I do think she needs to let people know that she's having an influence on the game. All right. I want to move on to the next moment. Obviously, I'm trying to get to the showman's. <laughs> <laughs> So if you listen to Empire Season 1, you know, um, to borrow a line, Jeff, I love love too. And I talked a lot about Matt and Franny specifically. Yep. Now we have this new moment with Austin and D. D and I, we've become so close during this. Like we have this super, super tight bond. 
She's the only person who, you know, I could sit out at the beach and just talk with for like two hours about nothing about the game. We're just hanging out, we're laughing. I'm gonna definitely go visit her as soon as this whole thing ends. All right, so did either of you see this coming while you were watching? I absolutely did not. I was shocked in my seat. I literally shouted at the TV. Are you <laughs> kidding me right now? <laughs> Devons? I did. I really did. You guys dropped little hints. There were little things of Dean looking at wow. Austin doing well. I, I saw it coming, but I kept it to myself, which is to my own shame. But I'm excited about it. No, but you know what's really fun for me to hear from the producer side and for our whole team is Devons is right. We put clues because we knew that the romance was starting to happen. But, you know, certain people pick up on certain things. It is surprising, Jay, given how much you love love, that you didn't I see know. what Devons was talking about as an extended hold on Dee as she was kind of admiring Austin or smiling at him. I love that you caught all that. Yeah, I'm upset at myself that I wasn't paying attention. You know, I didn't want to let myself get hurt, I think is probably the problem here, Jay. <laughs> so a few moments after this, we still have this sort of romantic string music playing and Austin brings up Rob and Amber, <laughs> which is not a light thing to do, no. by the way. You know, not famously they got married shortly after. And we flash back to a scene from Survivor 8, which is some 15 years ago. Yeah, Jeff, talk to us about the choice to bring in that flashback. Well, that idea came from Joe Leah, co-EP, and Tori Robin, one of our editors and producers on the show. And we didn't do it with Matt and Franny, we certainly could have. It's not that they didn't bring up Rob and Amber, but I think part of Matt and Franny was that they had so much fun talking about being nerds and they sort of <laughs> embraced it. This had a very different feel to it, Austin and Dee. Really? What was different about Dee and Austin? Well, let's start with, I think we can all agree there's a bit more of a romance novel paperback cover <laughs> type of thing happening here. I mean, just look at them. For sure. And then you have the added layer of where the game is and how this romance might impact the final days. And there right. were two specific reasons that I liked the choice to flash back to Robin Amber is that it did feel very similar to their situation. I see why Austin said it, not just because of the romance, but also they're fighting for control of the game. There is a question of what is going to happen. How would their romance impact the final outcome? You saw all of that with Robin Amber and you're seeing all of that with the Rebe 4. How will this end and how will this romance impact the ending? Is it going to complicate it for these two or will it make it easier? And... The biggest question for me would be if these two make it to the final, now we're going to have a final three. Rob and Amber had a final two. I'd be looking at who's Rob and who is Amber because that's yet to be determined. At some point, somebody's going to take the lead. And we saw what happened with Rob. He took the lead. Mm. He got the girl to the end and she won. <laughs> Jeff, do you look for possible romantic connections when you're in casting? Today, absolutely not. Not even a touch, but we used to, for sure. In the early seasons, there was a little more attention paid to who was single, who might be interested in finding love out on the island. But mm -hmm. now our approach to casting is really different. We're interested in a person's essence, the qualities that make them unique. I might not even remember your last name, but that's not because I don't care. It's because it's unimportant to me. I just want to find the most compelling people abandon them, let them play the game, and see what happens. 
All right, so Rick, we've seen Dee and Austin strong together before I knew that they were going to be strong together in a different way. Does this hidden element change their dynamic to others? Based on what we've seen, they seem to be hiding their budding romance better than, say, a Franny and a Matt. The other folks in camp don't seem to be quite as aware of what's going on, but it changes it for me. I mean... Austin brought up a married couple and then Dee mentioned finding her husband on the island. This is (laughs) way above flirting. This is serious. In fact, you know, Jeff likes to reference his notes that he does. Uh, I I took a note when I was watching, and this is my note. Mm. Austin, his bro Drew versus his love interest Dee Ha, 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 no contest. <laughs> right. So that is what I think as a, as a viewer and as a castaway. And I think that's exactly how the people on the island would feel. Julie was very concerned when she found out that Austin was D's co-number one. I think if she really thought mm. there was romance, it would be alarm bells times 10. And they would go, we have to get rid of one of these people, no matter how much we love them. We're going to get into that, how Austin and Dee impacts the rest of the tribe. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about that. Plus, Katura's amazing origin story and Emily's choice on the journey. Be right back. Survivor fans know there's nothing more important than a tribe you can trust, and the hunt for the perfect hire can be as tough as winning an immunity challenge. But what if you could just skip the search and just match? Enter Indeed, the ultimate hiring partner. With over 350 million monthly visitors worldwide, according to Indeed data, Indeed is more than a job site. It's your personalized hiring platform. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, connecting you with candidates at the speed you need. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches. Indeed is your compass in the hiring jungle. It's a matching engine, not just for hiring, but effortlessly assembling your dream team. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences, leveraging over 140 million qualifications daily. The more you use it, the sharper it gets. Join three and a half million businesses worldwide that trust Indeed for fast quality hires. Listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Survivor. Go to Indeed.com slash Survivor now. Support our show by mentioning you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Survivor. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. Listen, wearing the same clothes for 26 days straight on Survivor really made me realize the importance of buying high-quality, long-lasting clothes. That's why I love Quince. They have timeless, well-made pieces that last for years and don't go out of style. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. Buying pieces from Quince means that I don't have to keep buying new clothes every year which is better for my wallet and the environment. I recently got a super chic Italian leather tote from Quince and I'm loving how it looks. The best part about Quince is that by partnering directly with top factories, they're able to keep prices super affordable. I'm talking 50 to 80% cheaper than similar brands. And the other best part is that Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I love that. Upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com survivor for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash survivor to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com survivor. Welcome back to On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. All right, Jay, next moment. Yeah, I want to get directly into Katora's story that she shared about herself. It 
for me is astounding to hear such impactful stories. And one of my favorite things about this new era that I think really sets the show apart. And we put all of our belongings in like two trash bags <laughs> and just ran away in the middle of the night. When we finally left that religion and like joined the real world again, you know, wow. it was like I was 14. So they just put me in high school because of my age. And so I was just so afraid that I would be the dumb one. Yes. I'm gonna be the stupid one. I don't have, I never I haven't been to school in years. Yeah. I just got, you know, shuffled back into the world again. And then I realized I was black and I was poor and I was woman and I was gay. Wow. I'm with you, Jay. I was blown away by the entire sequence. And we could talk about mm -hmm. the producing of it, but let's just stick with the emotion of it. When I first met Katura, I was blown away with her. And for the audience to see what she's been through this season and then to learn what she has been through in her life as a human and what she has accomplished after going through all of that, it is staggering. Mm -hmm. And that is why mm -hmm. casting is so much fun because of the people we get to meet. I mean, imagine I get to drop into my office, plop down in a chair, hit FaceTime, and this amazing person appears before me. And it's, it's crazy how many times I find myself talking to someone and inside I'm asking myself, Propes, what were you doing at 14, 18, 21, <laughs> yeah. 25? You know, it took me so long to even get a little bit of a clue. And I think we can all agree, I'm still day to day. So when, <laughs> when you meet somebody that has the courage to share her story with the world, it gives permission to others to share their story, whether it's on Survivor or just to a friend. And maybe the most powerful thing of all was the last thing she said, which was, by the way, this is not a sad story. Mm. This is a story of redemption. Yeah, I thought that was super impactful. Rick, from the player perspective, when you hear something like this on the beach, because part of this scene is Katora telling this story to other people. How does it affect you? I think impactful is the right word. It can be very impactful. And I think something that really stood out to me about Katura in particular is she waited till day 20 to tell this story. She could have been voted out mm. several times before this. So it just mm. shows that she really did have to find a comfort level. And I think it was brave and she was vulnerable. And if you're the people she shared that story with, it wasn't the whole tribe. I think you absolutely feel a connection personally, mm -hmm. but that can affect your gameplay. On my season, I was at odds with Aurora for a long time and we really didn't get along in camp. And then one day she opened up and she told me about her background as a foster child. And we did still end up at odds in the game, but it changed everything about our relationship. It made me see her in a whole nother way. And it made me appreciate the fact that she felt that she could be vulnerable with me. So it really can change things in the games. And I have no doubt that the bonds that she has with those people she shared that story with are stronger because she shared that story. All right, let's get into the next moment. So we find there's another journey and the tribe gets together to draw rocks. Emily ends up with the rock sending her on the journey and she does not look pleased. Rick, is this a worst case scenario for her knowing that everybody is seeing a target on her back? 
Absolutely not. This is best case scenario. And even though Emily's a self-proclaimed mm-hmm. pessimist, she can't lie to herself. She knows this is good news for her. That's why she goes. Everybody wants to go. This is the end game. And this is a chance to possibly come back with a tool to add to your tool chest that's going to help you win the whole thing. I agree. And I'm glad you asked this question, Jay, because we're going to say it over and over and over and over again on this podcast to help future players. You want to be in control of as much Mm -hmm. as you can. You can't Monday morning quarterback it and say, oh, well, look, they're all going to think you got something, but you didn't. What if she had? Mm -hmm. Or what if somebody else had? So it's so counterintuitive because the closer you get to the end, the tighter you get. And you don't want to make a mistake, but you have to keep saying, give me the ball. You have to Mm -hmm. be Beckham saying, give me the ball. Jordan, give me the ball. I want to be up to bat. All of those analogies are the same thing. And that's how you have Mm -hmm. to play Survivor. All right. So let me follow up on that. So Emily goes on the journey and is presented with the savvy challenge (laughs) from episode one. Jeff, how did that come into play? Did you guys have a different challenge originally planned for this journey and then think no one could do this? Let's bring it back. Well, yes. And also, it's hard to come up with these ideas. So if you can save one and use it next time you need it, why not? But yeah, we thought it was an interesting question because Sweat versus Savvy has never been a total failure. And so Mm. we thought, well, maybe somebody different will get it and maybe we'll have a different result. I mean, we'll never know because Emily decided not to play. But that was the idea. And what if Jake shows up, who was actually at that sweat versus savvy? I guess it's just, how do you like them apples? (laughs) Let me give it another go. Rick, what do you think about Emily's choice not to play? I think it was the wrong choice. I think, um, and that's easy to say, being results-based, because we saw her go home. Right. But I think it was a lack of confidence. She didn't do well during the math challenge of that journey. And I think it made her think that she wasn't going to do well on this puzzle. Not only did mm-hmm. she give up the opportunity to maybe get a big tool in her tool chest, but when she got back to camp, like a little surprisingly naive that she thought just by telling the truth, everyone would believe her. You have to realize everyone thinks you have something, or at least people are putting that seed in each other's head. And then when you think, well, I really need my vote, it turns out she didn't. Everyone put their votes on mm-hmm. Julie. So that's something you might have needed to consider before you decided not to do this challenge. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's talk through. There was literally a lightning strike that occurred when (laughs) Austin was making a choice that would change the entire game. Survivor luck. It's so good. We'll be right back. Welcome back to On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. All right, Jay, what do we have? You know what? Before we get into the good Mm. stuff, I want to just bring a little bit of attention to something and have you answer the questions of one of our castaways because Jake and Katura were shown practicing fire making and Katura mm-hmm. says to Jake, why can't we just vote someone out at four? Why does there have to be all this, <laughs> Jeff? So I want to let you answer that, Jeff. And I also want to have my own follow-up answered, which is, do you just love that fire making hangs over <laughs> castaways the entire game? Yes, I do, because it should. It's one of the few certainties that we have in the game. So why not try to master it? But I I do have something, Jay, I just want to put in for when we talk about the finale. Will you remind Mm -hmm. us to come back to the fire-making challenge? Because I have an idea about the fire-making, 
and I, I want to bring it up, but after we've seen it play out. Okay, wow. that's a good tease, folks. Okay. Yes, we will certainly be talking about the fire making during the finale episode of this podcast. <laughs> that is a guarantee. All right, the next moment is that I want to talk about what plays out after we reveal this showmance. The goal for Austin is to get out Julie, but he realizes if he takes out Julie, he's going to take out something else, his relationship with Dee. I truly think the best move for me right now is to get rid of Julie. The scary thing is, though, blindsiding Julie would likely require blindsiding D. And that is a thought that really hurts me, and I don't really know how I'll be able to do that. What happens from here is, in my opinion, a storytelling masterclass. <laughs> because this one piece of information, it's not a joke. This one piece of information that we learn, Austin has a connection to D, and he doesn't want to sacrifice that, ends up affecting every decision mm. that happens for the rest of this episode. The thing I really want to talk through with you, Jeff, is the way that the placement mm. of what we learn when we learn it affects us as an audience. Well, yeah, because Survivor is already difficult enough. And when you find someone you can trust, it's always going to be good news, bad news. The good news is you have trust. The bad news is you may have to break that trust. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when it becomes romance, that takes it to a whole another level. So from a, <laughs> from a story point of view, what is driving it is one thing, that the complications are increasing, especially for Austin, every single second. And you saw that in the pacing of that moment with Austin and D. You've got the storm rumbling in the background. Mm. It's basically just ready to boil over. Mm -hmm. And then Austin finally reveals it's Julie. I mean, if we think about potential ways to the end, there's a strong movement against her. Against Emily? Against Julie. No. And then... We cut to commercial. Hurry up, make some more popcorn, get the blanket, <laughs> curl back up on the couch because this is going to be amazing. And then when we pick it back up with the lightning and you can feel the dilemma, it's painful because what we talked about, this is not just trust. These feelings mm. appear to go a lot deeper and you've earned this spot in the game, but this spot in the game is crazy difficult. And so the storytelling has to put the audience right smack dab inside it all so that you're asking yourself, what would you do? And Dee does such a great job of explaining that dilemma. This is the biggest decision I've had to make in the game. Austin is trusting me by telling me this information. And so far, I've played this game with heart. I'm going to follow my intuition and I'm going to continue playing this game with heart. Yeah, but the heart for who? <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out that we quickly find out who Dee's heart will be playing for. But you need to put on your biggest acting face you ever put on in your life. Not me again. You have to play your idol tonight. Okay. And we're going to blow Emily out. But you have to put on your biggest acting face. Okay, so okay? you think I'm another option? You are the option. No. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to go home. You're going to play your idol and we're both going to put it on Emily. Wow. So remember, <laughs> can I just say, remember, I don't see these scenes playing out on the beach. 
I'm not watching right. a monitor of everything that's happening. And even if I get a basic download, from the producers. It's truly basic. It's just too busy. There's too much going on. So when I saw this scene actually play out, I was mesmerized. I It's my favorite moment of the season so far. D mm-hmm. is a killer. Yo, D is a killer. Like, let's not let it slip for a second that Austin says, I could never lie to D. And he doesn't. And then D right. immediately lies to Austin fills in Julie. And and I do believe that she cares about Austin. Like, I think the romance is reciprocal, but, you know, who's playing the game harder? And just to continue why this is my favorite scene of the season, it's not just Dee who's a killer. Julie is a killer. Man up and face me when there's three left. Both of these women are saying, bring it. We're not moving. We're standing right here and we're ready for the fight. And this goes back to what we talked about earlier. The minute people realize you're playing, you're a threat and you must be dealt with. Well, there's no denying D or Julie could win this game. And they're looking, they're trying to make a run to be in total control of the game. So you can't let them get to the end. But the problem is there are other threats who could win as well. So it's this ever-shifting goalpost. It's like whack-a-mole. You just (laughs) just don't know who to take out at what moment. So staying on the theme of uh, these two being killers, quickly you see Julie realize Austin's the one who put my name up. So Austin's the one who's got to go. Right, And Austin... Four minutes ago was her ride or die ally. (laughs) Rick, is this the natural sequence of events? Just kill the messenger? He's not the messenger. He's he's there to get you. Of course, this is what she's got to do. He's coming for you. Julie, who cried because she had to lie to Kelly and Kendra, long gone. Crying on the beach with Drew, <laughs> mm. that Julie is gone. This is savage Bye-bye. animal backed into a corner, Julie, now. And we talked about early yeah. episodes, how these Rebas got along so well because they couldn't even imagine the thought of being betrayed by each other. This is how quickly it happens. You hear someone say your name, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, your pulse is in your ears, Sweat popping up on your skin, your lips pull back from your teeth, and you and you're feral now. You're in attack mode, and you're ready to give them mm-hmm. a taste of their own medicine. All right, let's get to the last moment. After all of this, we see everything play out. We know the plan going in. Even D says she's gonna vote Julie, and Julie's gonna play the idol. And Jeff, you showed us every single vote yeah. at Tribal besides Julie's. My favorite part, personally, D saying, play the damn yeah. idol when she's holding up the scroll. Tell us about that decision. Well, it, it's extremely rare when we show all the votes because in most every case, the question at Tribal comes down to who is voting for who. And so you tease the audience, but you never fully reveal it because that is the payoff. But as we talk a lot about on this podcast, the first question you always have to ask is, what is the most interesting point of view? That drives everything. And in this case a unique situation, we thought it was more interesting to let the audience in on the vote. So now it becomes about trust. Trust that on one hand is about to be betrayed, D and Austin. Mm. Trust that on the other hand is about to be cemented, D and Julie. I'm voting for you, but I'm still with you. I mean, that was D's key is I'm going to vote for you. 
but that doesn't mean anything. And the balance hangs in what Julie believes, the power and the decision to play the idol. And, mm. and I think you could feel that central dramatic question even in the faces of the jury when we cut to them, after I say, if anyone has an advantage mm -hmm. or an idol and you want to play it, now would be the time to do so. All of them are like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> it's like everybody was in on it. And the only thing left to be shown was what was going to happen. Yeah. Right. So I want to talk about the next moment, which is Julie plays the idol and D, her mouth is covered. Great acting. She is <laughs> acting. Rick, who's she acting for? Oh, oh for Julie, for Austin. Mostly for herself. I mean, she's crushing it out there. And D, we've we've noted it all along. She never stops playing. She's always doing these little things. So later, even if she gets to plead to the jury, she can say, "Remember when I was so surprised? I was acting like that was all there." Mm -hmm. I didn't think she'd be able to have her cake and eat it too this episode. And that's exactly what D did. So you don't think this is risky from D then? Because essentially what it looks like from the jury's perspective right now is Julie just blindsided the entire tribe. Right. Yeah, I think it's risky. Uh, you know, if she gets to final tribal with Julie, it could get messy as they both try to take credit for the move. But she might not have any intention of getting to final tribal with Julie by the time this comes about. And I think that she's just playing to get there for now. Then she can talk to the jury. She's confident like that. It was a mm. very messy tribal in general. I couldn't believe that they all put their votes on Julie. Like They don't like to split votes on season 45. I couldn't believe, Jeff, yeah. that Austin didn't play his idol mm. after seeing Bruce go home with an idol. And Jay, I couldn't believe that Julie didn't vote for Austin. Why not? Even if he plays his idol, you go to Rocks and someone goes home and you live to go another day. So... A lot going on here, but I think D had her finger on the pulse. Well, and Devons, I think what you just hit on is something that I don't say often enough is for all of my lecturing about wanting to play the game and always be in charge of, of advantages and opportunities. The secret sauce of Survivor is these are individuals and everybody's nature is slightly different at any given moment. And Austin not playing the idol is as big a move as it would have been if he played the idol. He, it's just you have to be able to have a reason behind it. So it's not that you have to play your idol or not. It's have a point of view. Why are you doing it? Don't do it out of fear. Do it out of confidence. Yeah. So ultimately, Julie's choice is Emily, which for me is really sad. I think you guys probably feel the same. It's really tough to watch such a great player go. Jeff, I know you've spoken about this already on the show, but... yeah. Tell us a bit more about Emily and what you expected from her and, and what you ended up seeing. Well, during the time that I spent with Emily in casting, I didn't see any of this emotional depth that we ended up seeing on the show. All of mm -hmm. our talks were about certainty. Mm -hmm. She lived in a life of certainty. She was absolutely certain about everything, numbers, relationships, whatever. It's one of the many reasons that Emily is one of my all-time favorite players is her vulnerability and that she let us see it. She let us get inside and she let us see her question the way she was living her life when she talked about her love affair with her boyfriend. She showed us layers that to me, it sounded like she hasn't even shown her good friends you know, parts mm. of herself that she's kept only for her. That's some really powerful stuff. And that's the magic of Survivor. And that's why 
I encourage people to encourage their friends to watch just one episode because the life lessons, the emotional journeys, the stories, the adventure, you get to play detective. Do you have emotional intelligence? How good are your social skills? Are you resilient? Do you have grit? Can you handle starvation? I mean, it's endless. <laughs> it brings out parts of us that that rarely or sometimes never see the light of day. But when you say yes to the survivor adventure, you have taken the first step to changing your life and changing the way you see the world and the way the world sees you. And we didn't even have time to talk about the challenge this episode, by the way, <laughs> because there was so much going on. And that's a really fun part of Survivor too. So tell your friends to watch it. Let's get into some fan questions. Let's do it. And as a reminder, if you have a question for Jeff, you can email us at survivorshoutout at cbs.com and I will read those questions. Maybe even read them here. The first one's from Joshua. He writes, Jeff, you ever get your mind blown whenever a blindside is going to happen that none of the players were expecting? Not even you? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm always aware that for the blindsided person, it's, duh, always a surprise. And on some level, it's always devastating. But occasionally, even I get knocked off my seat at Tribal. Kelly's blindside comes to mind. Mm. I could feel the collective energy at Tribal that night. And I'm still not sure why, but it was very powerful. In fact, that's one of the first moments when I was certain we had a good season because I distinctly remember going home that night and thinking this group is playing incredibly hard and it's going to lead to a great finish. Wow. Mm. Well, question two is from Parker. He says, hey, on fire team, huge fan of the show and I love listening to the podcast. Gives me tons of insight for when I'm on. My question is mm. for Rick as a contestant, okay? Part of this game is lying, cheating, and talking smack. What's it like after your season finally watching your episode and seeing someone on your tribe say some not-so-nice things about you? <laughs> I'm just imagining Bruce watching all the Keturah edits about it and can only imagine the text Bruce is probably sending her. Mm. <laughs> Parker, you've, you've really nailed something here because it is awkward and it can be it can be rough at times and i've talked to a lot of survivors from different seasons and pretty consistently the group chats lose castaways as the season goes on it's really, really hmm. episode by episode people just kind of drop out of the group chat i know for me personally i had a rough time with someone on the season we made peace at ponderosa we were good after the season and then after watching the finale our relationship was dead. It was over. Really? So it happens. Yeah. All right. Question number three comes from Connie. She writes, Hi, Jeff. I've loved the show since season one and love the podcast. My question is about the factor that has always kept me from applying for the show. Uh-oh. Snakes. Snakes. <laughs> I have a deathly phobia of them, and they seem to be all over in most seasons. Some questions. How many contestants have been bitten by either a snake, a spider, a rat, or other vermin? And has anyone ever been made seriously ill? Well, we have definitely had people bitten by spiders and smaller insects like that. I don't think we've ever had a player bitten by a snake. And what our wildlife experts tell us is snakes really don't want any part of you either. So unless there's a situation where you encounter a snake and the snake feels very threatened, you're probably fine. It's scary. It's clearly mind over matter. That is a snake and I'm terrified of snakes. <laughs> but where I would challenge Connie a bit I think if that was truly your only concern, you would have investigated this and realized it's quite unlikely you'll get bitten by a snake. 
So I'm just going to say, if that's really your only reason, you now have nothing to fear and I'll be looking for your application soon. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree, Connie. Apply because we definitely saw a few snakes on our season. But when we did, it was like an event. We were so excited. It was free entertainment. We had to go to them. The snakes never came to us. Mm. Uh, So I would say easy to avoid the snakes. But keep in mind that the real snakes and rats are the people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for episode 11 of Survivor 45. What do you two think is coming next episode? I really want to know what happens with Drew as the other three, Reba, have had quite a momentous evening. And I think that he's going to soon find that he might not be as involved with them as he once thought. Yeah, what's going on with these Reba now? And how can the non-Rebas kind of sneak in there, pick up some pieces, and find their way to the end of the game? All right, that's it for this week's episode of On Fire. Please make sure that you rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And there's a brand new episode of Survivor every Wednesday at 8, 7 central on CBS and Paramount Plus. And immediately following the episode of Survivor, there's a new episode of this podcast on fire. See you then. You can watch Survivor and more on Paramount Plus. Subscribe at ParamountPlus.com and use the code Survivor45 by December 20th, 2023 and get your first month of Paramount Plus on us. Must be age of majority to subscribe. U.S. only. Payment method required. Terms and conditions apply. 